I appreciate Rayford reading our gospel lesson for us today. What a joy it is to have him participate in the service and what a joy it is to, to hear the gospel in such a powerful and beautiful way. This Advent season, we've been looking at the beloved hymn, which you've already heard sung by Alan, O Holy Night. It's a song that uh, is especially meaningful and powerful to all of us. There's times when I, when I, the second verse especially, I just always get chills. It just is so powerful to me. Change he shall break, for the slave is our brother. In his name all oppression shall cease. It just Those words always get me. It's always a powerful song. That's a, we've been guided by those words in this Advent season. Now, of course, we're into Christmas now. But as I thought about, O Holy Night, as I thought about the Advent season, as I thought about all the promises that we've heard given to us through our Advent candles, and through our Advent lightings, there was a certain one of the four promises of Advent, love, joy, peace, hope, that keeps coming back to my heart. And that's peace. Peace is the, the, the promise of Advent that I just keep thinking about and pondering about and praying about, and listening for God about. Like, that, that's, that's the word in my heart in this Advent season that I keep coming back to over and over and over again. Peace. I keep thinking of peace. That's one of the powerful promises of Advent. One of the titles that Christ has given is Prince of Peace. He, is, he has told us in his Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers. We see pre- peace be a promise throughout all of Scripture. Peace. Peace. And I think the reason why I'm, I'm chewing on that word so much and meditating upon it so much and thinking so much about it is because if we look around our world right now, we seem to feel so little peace. We seem to find so little peace in our country with our divisions and our struggles and our angst. We we find so little peace as we think about the economy. Many of us have great anxiety right now thinking about our jobs, thinking about what the economy is going to look like in the next year. There's a sense of worry and fear when we think about these things. The last thing we think about right now with our economy is peace. The last thing we think about within our country right now is peace. We, we think about, we, we, don't, we, we look within our families. And frankly, we look within even our own souls. We feel division. We feel fear. We feel worry. We feel so many things percolating and bubbling up within our lives right now. But peace is probably not one of them. We think about COVID and we don't feel peace. We think about the state of our nation and we don't feel peace. We think about so many things all around us and we do not feel peace. But yet right now, 
In this moment, we're talking about the Prince of Peace. We're worshiping the Prince of Peace. We're listening to the words of the angels where they sang to the Prince of Peace. And we know this. We believe this. We sing this. We say this. We read this. It's not foreign to us. We understand it and know it. But yet we don't feel it, do we? We don't feel peace. At least I don't. At least I don't. Maybe you do, but I don't. I feel a whole lot of fear and a whole lot of anxiety and a whole lot of worry, but not a lot of peace. Yet we follow the one given to us As a babe in the manger in Bethlehem, we follow the one who is the prince of peace. Yet we feel so little peace. And see, that's the the thing about Christmas is Our worries and our fears and our doubts are not foreign to God. And in fact, that is why, that is why, that is how we arrived at this point. That is how we arrived at Bethlehem. That is how we arrived at Christmas is because God knows us. God knows us and God knows that we can't have peace in and of ourselves. God knows that, that we, we as humans fall so often back into divisions and fall so much into our own hearts of, of discord and distrust. How easy it is, how easy it is to assume the worst about other folks or about ourselves. How easy it is to fall into that trap. The Lord has seen our track record going back to the garden. The Lord knows this. The cross was unavoidable, but for the cross to be unavoidable, for our redemption, we had to have the manger. And see, here's the thing, y'all. This was the plan all along. I think one of the great misconceptions, you've heard me say this several times, one of the great misconceptions of our faith is that we always think Jesus was God's last hope. When we read the Bible, we read it through this lens of God tried everything else. God tried Moses, and that didn't work. And God tried David, and that didn't work. And God tried the prophets. God tried the exiles. God tried all this. God did everything under his power, tried it all, and nothing worked. And so as his last gasp, his last try, his last plan, he said, well, golly, ain't nothing else working. I guess I better try Jesus. Instead of seeing it for what it is, is that Jesus wasn't God's last option. But Jesus was the plan the entire time. Bethlehem was not some last gasp, hope to maybe redeem the world. But Bethlehem was the plan the entire time. 
One of my favorite services that I'm so happy we got to do this year in our drive-in service was Lessons and Carols. I love Lessons and Carols. It's one of my favorite services I, I try to go to or listen to every year. It's just a powerful service because it's this beautiful interweaving of scriptures and hymns. Carols, rather. Scriptures and carols. Scriptures and carols. But the scriptures that tell the story of Christmas, they don't start in Matthew 2. They don't start in Luke 2. They don't start in John 1. They start in Genesis 3. They start back in the fall and the promise of redemption at the very moment of the fall of humanity. And the, the, the scriptures from Lessons and Carols, they weave through, through, through Genesis. And then if we wanted to, we could go into, into, into the Exodus with the Lamb. We could, we could then go, we could then go, for the Passover, we could then go into Isaiah. When the virgin shall be with the child, the government shall rest upon her shoulders, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We could keep going. To Isaiah 53 and 54, the suffering servant, we could go to all the prophets. And we see when we look at the whole of the Old Testament through the lenses of Jesus, we see that Jesus was not God's last plan for peace. But Jesus, the Prince of Peace, was the plan of God the entire time. He was not God's last gasp. But he was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. This was God's plan the entire time, the incarnation. God among us, Emmanuel. The word becomes flesh and dwells among us. One of my favorite, more modern Christmas songs is uh, one entitled... Such a strange way to save the world. I'm telling you, if I was God, we would not have had such an intricate plan as Christmas. We would not have had such an intricate plan as Easter and, uh, and Good Friday. It would really just kind of been me snapping my fingers. I'd have, if I was God, I'd be like the good version of Thanos. I'd just snap my fingers and boom, everything's fixed. That's, that's what I would do because I'm lazy. That's not what God did. That's not what God did. God became flesh and dwelt among us. He came to his creation. His creation knew him not. He came to redeem the ones who crucified him. He came to restore the ones who turned their back against him. He came to forgive Peter. He came to forgive Paul. He came to forgive me and you. He came to redeem and to restore all of us. Why? Why did he do this? Of all the ways he could have done this, why is this why he did it? Why did he do it this way? I always like Psalm 23. Yea, though I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He had to all walk through the valley of the shadow. 
Go back to Genesis and the creation account. You know what it says that God did in the creation story? He said he walked. It said he walked with Adam and Eve. It said he walked with them in the cool of the evening. God was a God who took a walk with his creation. Why did God choose this path in this way? Because you know what God desires most from us? His relationship. That's what he desires is a relationship. Because we're saved through a relationship. We're we're saved. By grace through faith, lest no one can boast. We're saved through a relationship. We're not saved through righteous action. We're not saved by getting it all right. We're not even saved by correct doctrine. We're saved by a relationship with Jesus Christ, a transformative encounter with our Savior. We're not saved by perfect action. We're saved by a relationship. God did all of this. God did all of this. God gave us the babe at Bethlehem. God put on flesh and lived among us. So that he could be in relationship with us. God is a God of relationship. And that is why he did this. That is why all this happened. Because he wanted to be in relationship with you and with me. He desires to save us through relationship. And he desires that we impact his world in the same way through relationship relationship that was God's desire for us relationship maybe that's a lesson for us right now because um divine presence is easier than being in relationship isn't it lists are easier to accomplish than the hard work of relationship. Relationships are messy. I know my relationship with God's messy because I get stuff wrong a lot of the time. My relationship with my spouse is messy because I get stuff wrong a lot of the time. My relationship with my kids is messy because I'm imperfect. And so these relationships that I'm in, God, my family, you, my children, everybody, these are relationships that are founded in love. Not in perfection, but in love. Love makes perfect. God's love for us, our love for each other. Love is the purifying agent there. God loves us. He sends us Christ so that we can be redeemed and loved. And then that is where peace comes into place. Peace does not come from our perfect action. But peace comes from perfect love. Because God's love to us gives us peace with him. Our love to each other gives peace to each other. And frankly, us loving ourselves enough to forgive ourselves gives us peace with ourselves. We don't have a lot of peace right now because our world is not fostering a lot of love right now. And the only way we can know peace in such a way is to follow the Prince of Peace. To love God with all of our being and love our neighbor in the same way. He came and dwelt among us. 
He didn't push aside the stuff of our world, y'all. That's, I think that's the most interesting thing to me is, is I've, as I've read a lot about Jesus recently and read more and prayed more and listened more, one, one thing I, I've come to find is that Jesus did not push away the stuff of the world, but he comes to redeem the stuff of the world. Like, think, take, for instance, the, the great prophecy of the Old Testament. We will beat our swords into plowshares. Doesn't say we'll get rid of our swords. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't say, we're not told we're getting rid of the swords. But it says that we will beat the swords into plowshares. That the sword itself is redeemed. The broken human like myself is redeemed. The broken life is redeemed. The broken family is redeemed. The broken world is redeemed. The sword that's an instrument of destruction is redeemed to be an instrument of life. In the incarnation, Christ comes among us. He is not foreign to us, but he's among us. And he redeems us. He redeems the stuff of this world. He redeems the stuff of my heart. He redeems the stuff of our life. Peace comes from there, y'all. Peace comes from there. From the redemptive power of Jesus in our life. Giving us grace. Giving us mercy. And transforming us even in our brokenness. But it comes from that relationship and it comes from us walking with him. That is why he come, came. And that's where peace comes from. He is our peace, as the scriptures tell us. He is our peace. When we walk with him in relationship, peace is possible. When we walk with him in relationship, peace is possible. Been a couple times in our married life, and then my minister and I looked at Holly and said, "You still with me? (laughs) You still with me? We still we still good? Still with me? Still believe in me?" And she's always said, "Yeah." And I always knew that I could do it because that answer was yes. Or somebody even greater than my wife. Somebody greater than your spouse. Somebody greater than your parents. Somebody greater than your children. Who walks with you today. That's why he came. He came not to just be the babe at Bethlehem. But he came to be, came to be the Savior on the cross. He came to be the one who rose from the dead. And he came to be the one who walks with us now. Walks with us through our divided world right now. Walks with us through the coronavirus right now. Walks through us through economic fears right now. Walks with us through doubt and worry and anxiety and all the things that attack our hearts. He came to walk with us through all of these things. And so we never walk alone because of Christmas. Because of Emmanuel, because of this day, he has come that we may live free from fear, free from doubt, and living in his peace. That's the miracle of Christmas. Emmanuel, peace. Peace. All hell, the prince of peace. We can know that peace now. And we can live in that peace now through that relationship that comes from him now. 
So today, on this Christmas Eve, no matter where you're watching this, no matter where you're worshiping with us online now, my deepest prayer is that you know that peace of Christ that comes through that relationship with him. My deepest prayer is that we walk with him as our Lord, living in his peace. Emmanuel, God is with us. Born is the Prince of Peace. May his peace guard our hearts today and always. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the miracle of Christmas. We thank you for the Prince of Peace born to save us. We thank you for the peace that we can know through relationship with him. We love you. Be present in our Christmas celebration. Be present in all of our life. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen.